0: And boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen of all ages, this is Two Guys Who Happen to Be Pastors. It is. The show that, you know, lets you know that your pastor is a person to I I can't I can't keep it up anymore. This is a show basically where two pastors come together and we complain about stuff nowadays. And if we uh, give
1: any credit, we usually pull it back just as fast.
0: We pretty much do.
1: Well yeah, I'm having a great week. I uh Spent the weekend at annual conference and heard this about 400,000 times. Greetings to the wonderful people of the end. shut up for the love of just tell me what you need to tell me. Let me vote on it. I want to go home. I
0: did not envy you. You were texting me during all that, and I did not envy you at there all. There are
1: a hundred things I would rather be doing right now than this coming I mean, up with a life goal. I, could be I mean, using the lawnmower 4.0 to shave my crotch. I, I could mean, oh. <laughs> um, watching my dog. Um, you know, circle the yard looking for a place to go to the bathroom. Anything I could, you know, be aiding someone in the throes of vomiting. I mean, it's
0: it was rough.
1: As one of I, I can say.
0: tell. It's it's a little a little sad. I mean, yeah. Um,
1: I I I realize that there might be some pushback, but anyone who's listening to this show that knows me personally knows exactly how I feel and likely feels very similarly. More than likely. So it's 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 not that I don't like the Methodist Church. It's not that I don't like the state of Indiana. Quite quite the contrary, I chose to live in this state. Mm-hmm. I don't have to. Mm-hmm. I've got friends in other parts of the country. I've family in other parts of the country. I mm-hmm. love Indiana. I really do. I, it it is by far, and I've visited. I think we can't last count forty-two of the fifty states. Indiana stands as a razor-thin favorite just ahead of California and if California would cut the income taxes we'd have to talk about it oh boy but uh and I I love the Methodist Church to to a certain extent of course we didn't get any, uh, we accomplished nothing which is which is the part that really gets me it's not uh, there's a lot of people there I've grown to like over the years and I like to go give hugs and, and see people um, there's a lot of people I don't. There's a few people go to the microphone. And I'm just thinking to myself, wow, if he's here, who's running hell, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you texted me on one of them. <laughs> um, and, but honestly, we we never accomplish anything. That's the part that gets me.
0: Okay, but here's the thing, but you've got a room full of educated people.
1: Oh boy, you're you're right on
0: the limb there. Well. Okay.
1: The people on the stage have some credentials.
0: Okay. Credential <laughs> <laughs> Credentialed people, not educated. Education's the a reverend, loose
1: term. Hi, Doctor Doctor. Really? Where'd you get your degrees? Oh, uh, no one's ever asked me that before. Sanford and Sons State? <laughs> 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 I on. mean, but you, No, that's not fair. I understand what you're saying.
0: It's basically it just sounds like a great big old church board meeting. How many things are actually done in a church board meeting? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if depends you watch on what Marty time. Python in the life of Brian. Yeah, that's your answer to that. That's true. All right, now on Amendment Four, we voted to pass Amendment Four, which makes Amendment Three constitutional. This is getting stuff done, folks.
0: That I just—I mean—I'd rather pull teeth with a rusty pair of pliers really?
1: than that. So we we voted down one resolution, which was uh, an anti-racism resolution. Uh, it was defeated 410 to 402, so we are certainly united. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, the uh, second one was withdrawn. Bless her heart. The poor gal. I felt bad for her. She was trying to get some answers. Unfortunately, got them. Mm. So um, I feel bad for her. If she ever listens to this, we appreciate you. Or at least I do. I won't speak for Matt. <laughs> um, he's well, never met you, but I'm sure no. he would do it uh, The third one was thrown out for being out of order. Because it was trying to command the annual conference to do something that it wasn't legally obliged or allowed to do, um, which was give a clear and concise exit strategy that is uh, non-binding and doesn't have an end date for all churches in the United Methodist Church who want to leave. Oh. It was ruled out of order, so we didn't vote on that one. I would say, yeah. Um, in fact, the bishop asked somebody politely, as in... You need to sit down. Yeah. On that one. So that one was fun. Whoa. Uh, Stretching the muscles. Uh, The fourth one was a uh, member of the North District. That is North or Northwest. I don't remember. Um, Gentleman asked if we would be forced as United Methodist churches in Indiana. Um, to send 10% of our income on top of our regular tithe, which if you don't know how that works, folks, in, in most churches, you are supposed to give 10% of your income. In the Methodist church, because we have a structure to keep up, we give 10% of our total income to a general board at the top to pay their bills and you know send cargo ships all over the earth and stuff like that. Um, he wanted us to send 10% on top of our 10% tax to a Native American tribe of his choosing, not ours. He listed a few choices. One of them was in Oklahoma. I wanted to kick this dude in the face. So he wanted us to do this because we had stolen this land from the Indiana uh, Indians, which is a crack. It cracks me up every time, Matt, and as a school teacher of sorts, you will appreciate this. They're not freaking Indians! No. For the love of God, English people and Spanish people and Portuguese people came here, called them Indians, and were still doing it. <laughs> like, you're supposed to be on the other side of history, and you just called them Indians. Oh my gosh, I don't want to listen to you anymore. So, we were supposed to send 10% on 10% to a tribe of his choosing, one of which was in Oklahoma, which I felt was really backwards. Uh, If we're going to do that for the Native Americans of Indiana, I'm not sending Jack to Oklahoma. Uh, For the record, I wasn't going to do any of this at all. My credentials would have been handed in rather quickly. Uh, So, I'm I'm on a bender. Oh, sorry folks, that was a mild interruption there. Yeah. Um, if you caught the part where we had to give 10% of our annual income to a Native American tribe of this fellow's choosing, um, we also, as the pastor and leadership councils, had to write apology letters for how we're white and evil to these same groups, and I was ready and willing to take that placard right behind you that says, License Local for Pastoral Ministry, Mm -hmm. and throw it on the stage that day. I didn't take it with me, but I would have took it with me the next day. Wow. Because, first of all, my dad got sold our land by his uh, brothers and sisters who tried to, I think, screw us on the deal. (laughs) And uh, I believe my grandfather and great-grandmother got the land off a sleazy white guy, just like everybody else does. Well, yeah. Uh, We paid for it. We settled up. And we have all the contracts. Um, so, frankly, I, I don't want to hear that mess. Because, was this land conquered by European racists? Absolutely, it
0: was. Yeah, but, you know, well, well, yeah. So, I
1: mean, at least the eastern parts. Um, should I, 400 years later, coming from a family um who served in the northern on the northern side of the Civil War um, some of our relatives quite passionately um, should have to apologize for stealing native land and they also wanted to have it that any church that surrendered their building and couldn't afford it anymore or were closing up shop um, would then donate that land to a Native American tribe so if you're keeping track at home, which I'm sure you're not by this point, uh, we had to give 10 percent. So we're now giving twenty percent of our annual income away to, to just to whatever. Yeah. Um. We would have to write an apology letter for taking their land. Which, well, my God, I didn't. I've, I've forgotten more in this life than I've you know remembered. And and then any church lands, um that are surrendered or given up on or abandoned, um, those had to be given to Native American groups. Which, I mean, I'm for Native American groups and I'm I'm all for changing the name of the Indians to the Guardians and the Redskins to the Commanders and whatever else you wanna do. Felt like that was a bit much and that was ruled out of order because where on earth do you think the bishop has the authority to ask anyone to give that much of their income. That, that's that's uh, so salty. To hold you down and make you write apology letters for something that I'll say it, I didn't do. Yeah. And um, on top of that, you now are giving no income to the general church because the sale of lands is done by the, the annual conference yeah. and that money goes to them. So now you're forfeiting all of that. So the bishop politely informed him that he was out of order. And he said he would be back next year, by golly, with another uh, make us do stuff thing. And I hope he does. God bless him. I was entertaining. So,
0: um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you and I, we, we talked about it. Was it last week? Um, you and I discussed it a little bit. And like I said, we texted through it and everything. And I mean, the more and more you told me about it, the more and more I'm like, my God. I mean, I know that there's a little bit of dare I say, chaos going on in the Methodist Church right now. Which is the Uh, next
1: part, so... I mean, I... Well, Resolution 5...
0: Yes?
1: ...was um, to allow full membership in churches, which I will tell you at the outset I'm in favor of, for any member of the LGBTQIA community, regardless of how they identify within it, and also full membership as clergy men, women, I don't want to be offensive, um, for LGBTQ folks, and I was in favor of that to a point, point. and the point that I'm in favor of it is, I've interviewed on the district committee a lot of people who are straight, who have no business doing ministry, for the love of God, you should not be in ministry, mm-hmm. and I think that disqualifying some folks simply because they might be gay, trans, whatever is irresponsible on some level. They should be allowed to go through the process. And then if we're like, nah. Because I think it is just as discriminatory to say that someone can't be because of their sexual orientation as it is to say they should absolutely be allowed to because of their sexual orientation. So my fear is, if we approve this, they're just going to push everybody who wants to do it, who is of that persuasion through, not okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's, there's, this process needs to be more exclusive than inclusive because we got a bunch of pastors pastoring that don't need to be doing it, and it's not just because of their style or maybe they're sheepish or they're not super entertaining. It's because they don't care about people. They don't listen. It's a job to them. They're not. It's not even a job to them. It's it's an excuse. You get paid. To not really have to work you know well I mean I don't I don't have to go visit those folks I mean I don't I don't have to you know make sure I've got a usable sermon I, I don't have to listen to this person I don't have to take board meetings seriously I don't have that's the kind of people I don't want in the process that's your
0: job I mean I hate to be blase but I mean that's and your job
1: and I've seen a lot of them have no business well, I understand
0: that, Glenn, but I mean, on, on the flip side, I mean, isn't there any, so take me back, take me through it just a little bit, because, um, you know, as we've said on this show, you know, I've been through this, you know, we went through this trench together, um, once you're in, you're pretty much in until you retire, right? I mean, they, I mean,
1: if you are a full membership elder
0: mm-hmm.
1: or if well a full membership elder is guaranteed a job is accepted has full voting rights in any and all situations and um generally if they're not doing a good job or they're not being accepted by the position they will just be moved to another one it's it's a little catholic sounding and it, it yeah. is mm-hmm. um, if you are a full deacon you have all the voting rights but you have to find your own employment. If you are a licensed local, you don't have to move, but you're also not promised anything. Yeah. So it's about availability and about your standing with the conference. If you want to take somebody's credentials, you've either got to make it hard enough long them they surrender them. Or you have to take them to church court. And there were two that we took to church court this last time. So. Really? Um, I'm just saying... If we're going to disqualify someone for something, because we had an issue over the last couple of years where district superintendent uh, appointed a, a, a fella, bless his heart, who uh, had served jail time for uh, molestation, mm. statutory, I won't say molestation, we will say statutory because that's kind of what it was, um, appointed him to a position in a church, and when asked why, he said, oh, I know him, he'll be fine.
0: Oh, man.
1: Which is kind of the equivalent of your you know, son having blood on his shirt and gun residue on his fingers and you being on the news going, Oh, he's a good boy. He would never do anything like that. So naturally, we all found out about it, mm-hmm. and that district superintendent and pastor both got fired. So, again, on the basis of orientation... Is that really what we're going to scrutinize here? Because I know a lot of folks in that community who would would not harm anyone and would not force themselves on anyone who wouldn't have them and would take their jobs very seriously. It's it's, And I'm not trying to shove that down anybody else's throat. That's just my opinion. And I understand that there are people who don't share that opinion, and that's fine. I wanted to know what we thought of as a majority. And, of course... The motion passed by like a vote of like 330 to 310 or something. Yeah. So we're united. (laughs) And throughout the process, they announced to us that um, not only, Matt, not only does this have no legal bearing because it goes against the discipline. Because our discipline says that you can't do that. In an annual conference, it's just one state, one little area versus the whole worldly body. So... It has no teeth. They cannot enforce it. Okay. Also, it was challenged on legal grounds in a clause that said the church at large holds our keys and deeds, so our building is not technically ours, on the basis that the annual conference who holds those keys and deeds does what the discipline says for them to do. So if they were to try to implement anything from passing this... There is a standing legal challenge in the state of Indiana to remove the annual conference's ability to control our buildings and structures. If any part of that motion were to pass before the 2024 General Church Conference, really? Oh, it got weird.
0: Oh, it. <laughs> I mean, it had, It sounds like it had to have been. I mean.
1: So basically, we did nothing.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it. was basically just it was,
1: pure, it was uh, quote purely aspiration.
0: It was basically meeting to be to have a meeting to have a fancy lunch and all that stuff. You gotta I, have it once a year. 26. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: I only ate at Applebee's. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, it sucks because Father Time. It was in Marion. Yeah, which is ten minutes from where I grew up, and it's actually it was held at the university I attended, Indiana Wesleyan. So I was all about it, man. I was like, we're going to hit the diners. We're going to hit the dives, the good stuff. Man, Father Time has taken a bat to marry Yeah. Day. There's nothing there anymore. I was so sad. I miss Rosie's Little Italy. Best best pasta in North America that I've found. Um, it was mildly depressing all the way around. and. Of course, I was walking in a boot, which I irresponsibly don't have on right now. Um, I'm in a space age cast, walking boot style thing, uh, because I have a high ankle sprain, folks. I'm 37 and don't need to be playing basketball. <laughs> um, man, I juke that kid out too. But put one out, and I have a high ankle sprain, likely several torn ligaments. I don't, I didn't know you could do that. Uh, Apparently, that's an injury that can't be rehabbed, so when you mess them up, you just mess them up, and I've hurt that ankle a lot in my life. Mm -hmm. And because of the posture I was walking with, I opened a wound on the bottom of my foot. So, I'm going to be in, uh, as as my foot doctor, Dr. Barksdale, put it, we're going to be best friends (laughs) over the next month or two. So, Um, Likely looking down the barrel of a foot operation, um, but... The upside is I'm up for an assistant gig for coaching track at the school I work at, which is exciting. and I've been assured my job is safe, and I've been tutoring, and I'm going to California next week. so I'll get over it, but this week's got a little nasty taste in my mouth. Yeah, time. I
0: don't have that at all. But I'm getting some
1: fresh ink tomorrow.
0: Nice. So,
1: red rose over here. With uh, Madison's name as the sting. Very nice. Uh, Madison's my niece. She's 13 and about six feet tall. Yeah. I saw a. uh, Seven years ago, today, she boarded the plane and came to California where I was house sitting. She was six. Oh my.
0: It's been a day day or two. More time
1: passed than, than she had lived. Mm hmm. Not okay, man. It's okay. It, it hits
0: hard. My baby. It hits hard. I mean, you know, I we were looking through, um, and I've got. I'll have to show them to you. Um, I was going through some old photos, and I found pictures of my sister and my mom back when they were about Lorraine's age, about three, and I. I was not okay. I'll be honest, because they literally are. Well, I'll show. I mean, you won't be able to see it. You know, of course, we're recording this. So I don't, but I don't really care. Um, but uh, the 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 compare count. You know, here here it is. So on the right is my mom holding the doll, and on the left, of course, is is Lorraine. I can see it. It's pretty scary, I isn't it? See it? Mm-hmm.
1: I was gonna say I mean it Look at my baby.
0: Oh my gosh. That's been a day or two ago. It I, I am not okay.
1: First time on an airplane, she was a champ.
0: I'm not okay with with this with time,
1: bud. This little this little girl is now as tall as I am. That I'm I'm you're, what we're looking at is a picture outside Bubba Gump Shrimp, Santa Monica, California. Mm-hmm. I can highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, Madison is about the size of my left leg in that okay. picture. <laughs> and now she is 5 feet 11 and an elite volleyball player. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm searching for answers, not finding any. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, uh, it's. Um, it, it's a uh there's
0: a quote, let me look it up real quick. Um there's a quote by Ben Franklin. Um and it it um let me see it's uh I think it's something on the lines of like time lost can never be uh, recovered um hang on but anyhow um i i i have been struggling with that a little bit that's been hitting pretty hard the last few um the last you know couple months and everything and i just i i don't know how to handle it i don't um And I, I just don't, uh, I don't like it, I can't handle it too well sometimes, um, you know, it, it's just one of those deals that it, it's not sitting well, and I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm babbling, it's not, I know it sounds like I'm babbling, I don't care, um, because that's how hard it's hitting me, <laughs> I, uh. I don't, I, I, I can honestly say I do not care for the way that time is marching on. Um, because we get so busy and things just start sliding through and we just don't, um, it just doesn't sit well with us. Speaking of, you know, time marching on and moving forward and all this fun stuff, um, our subject of today, this week, is talking about the timeline that we have as pastors and, like, how our weeks go. Like, what do we do on a given week? Um, here it is. Time lost is never found again. Benjamin Franklin. Oh,
1: there you
0: go. Um, you know, we can get kind of busy as, as pastors. I mean, this week, um, you know, I've got... I've got a wedding meeting tomorrow. A couple is wanting to get married. I've got Bible study on Thursday. Um, I've got something else. Uh, last this past weekend on Saturday night, I had a premarital counseling session and all this stuff. I mean, it the week gets away from you really, really quick. And on top of that, you still have to write a sermon and everything. So I thought tonight we discussed it. We will talk about what a week typically looks like um for a pastor. Like what, you know, how we go through, how we how we handle things, how you know because the old when I went into ministry, there was a I had a person who was a pretty big naysayer, um, who said, You know, he's gonna have to be on call like twenty four hours a day, right? Like he could be literally in the middle of the field and they'll call him and he'll have to leave and go do something, right? And I said that I and that was told to me, and I said, "Okay, that okay, that's not. It's not a reason why I wouldn't want to go into ministry. I mean, I, you know. So, Glenn, you're you've been in ministry a, lot, a little bit longer than I have. Well, I shouldn't no, say not a little bit. You've been in a lot longer than I have. Two thousand four. Um, I'm legal. You are legal. I can tell.
1: Eighteen years. Um, well, since we got listeners in other countries, um, we should probably explain that. Yeah, um, an eighteen-year-old is legally allowed to consent to um, passions with whomever they wish to. Yes. So that explaining that horrible joke there.
0: They can also vote and buy lottery tickets. Serve in the military? They can serve in the military.
1: But... Sign they, themselves out of school? Exactly. There's a lot of things.
0: But they cannot drink. That's not until 21. And up and t- uh, For the last, was it, three years now, they cannot buy tobacco anymore either. Which, I mean... I have a little bit of problem with it because... With both sides of it, really. Because you can literally sign up to get shot at in the defense of your country and even then when you come home you do your four-year hitch, you know if you sign up right at 18 um, you know you can be 21 when you come back and everything but if you're coming home on leave or if you get wounded or whatever and you come home early, you're still not old enough to have a drink. You're still not old enough to buy a pack you know, to buy a cigar or whatever. Doesn't sit well with me, and it hasn't um, for a long time, but it is what it is. So, Glenn, what, typically what does a week look like for you? And Because like I say, I know you've been in this a little longer than I have.
1: Well, I learned a long time ago, this goes back to my early childhood, from my father, that never put off what you can do today. To tomorrow. If you can get it done, get it done. Mm-hmm. So, before I was a school teacher, uh, I would take Sunday afternoon off, sometimes Monday off, and get to work on Tuesday on what I was going to do um, for, for Sunday, sermon-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, that has changed a great deal uh, because I work five days a week at a school. Um, require an obligatory Sabbath on Saturday. That's not because I'm Jewish, it's because I need a day off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I have to preach on Sundays. So uh, Sunday, upon completing the service at around 1030, I share my one-on-one, which is uh, something I record on Wednesdays. We'll get to that. Uh, but I share that with the group, so anyone who didn't feel like sitting through our whole service can see our, our message. Uh, then I proceed to work on next week's overhead, because we have an overhead that come as a companion piece to our service. Lyrics to songs, uh, liturgies, uh, things that people need to see uh, as a visual aid. Uh, we've been told since the first couple times I did it uh, that we need to have it, so we keep doing that. Um, upon completion of that I take some notes for next week's sermon I'll usually write uh, a joke down that corresponds with um, the message and then I'll like I said I'll take some hints some cues and then I'll come back to that the next day and work on it Uh, Sunday evenings I come over and record a podcast Mm -hmm. with my good friend Matt Heath for all you fine people out there and around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I get to sleep. Monday, uh, gym is the first thing I do in the new week. Of course, you could argue Sunday's the first day of the week, and I have to argue. You can shut up! Hmm. Uh, <laughs> not for me, it's not. No, 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 no. Um, I understand Sunday's the first day of the week, but it's Monday. It's the first day of the work week. So, do with it, what you will. Uh, so, I'm at the gym for about an hour. I go to school and I put in my school day. Uh, I do first hour observation and then throughout the day I'm helping with various subjects. And then in the evening, uh, Mondays are board meeting days once a month. So sometimes I have a board meeting. Sometimes I get to come home and unwind for the first time since Saturday night. Uh, Tuesday, I'm at the gym again. I go through the process. Tuesday is when I really get serious about sermon prep. I take those notes and those cues. start developing pieces to it. I start to build around my central premise, which comes from the scripture. And by Wednesday, I'm ready to record it. So on Wednesday, I record the one-on-one, which is my first real putting together of my message. Mm -hmm. So when you see that on Sunday on our Facebook page where, where we post our, our videos. Um, that is the first time I am doing that message. It actually comes after our service in chronological order, posting. So it probably seems weird. People probably look at that and think, wow, he threw that together fast. No, I actually did that yeah, like five yeah. days ago. Um, so I do that. I post that ahead of time to to be sent to Facebook and posted it online. And then I do my Wednesday Wandering, which right now, that's just a little Bible study for the week. It's been very difficult with the farmers and the business people here at this church to get a Bible study going. So I just started doing it on the internet about three years ago. And I've done some different topics. Um, Right now I'm doing cliches. So usually a Bible passage that's used out of context. I put it back in context and ruin it for everybody. That's <laughs> kind of my thing I do with that. Um, so you know, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, and then I give the context around it, and you're like, I liked it better before you did that thing. <laughs> so or, you know, the poor will always be amongst you, and you can do and you can help them at any time. And you're like, I liked it better before I knew that. <laughs> so it's kind of my deal with that. Um, Thursdays, I usually forget to do a bunch of things. Uh, Thursdays usually very quiet; it's the last quiet day of the week. Um, I will occasionally be visiting on Thursdays. Um, then Friday, I really ramp up my sermon prep. So, in the shower, when I'm when I'm cleaning up, when I'm cooking, when I've got my break time at the school, we call it prep period. That's what I'm doing on Friday, because Friday night I take the wife out usually or go hang out with friends, and I need to have it done, because yeah. when I wake up Saturday morning, I don't do church stuff at yeah. all, end of story, nothing. Until Sunday morning rolls around, I do not touch church stuff, usually don't touch school stuff either, that's that's Glenn time. Yeah. And uh, Sunday rolls around, of course I get up, I run through my message, I'm running through it the whole way over to the church, and then deliver the service, and then we're back to posting the one-on-one and whatnot. So, that's kind of what my week looks like. Yeah. A little busy. It sounds busier than it is. It, I mean, it... Not... But if you throw in the fact that I work seven and a half hours at a school, it is kind of busy.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it adds up pretty quick. I mean... It, it well time like we said time gets away from you a little bit I mean it's just part of it um, my week is not a hundred percent unlike yours um,
1: I should imagine it's kind of similar
0: it, it, it is to a point um, it's gone it's gone through some how am I gonna say well evolution shall we say it's changed a little bit since when I first went into ministry. Um, but what I would, typically what I do is, um, Monday, first thing out, I, I go back and forth. I usually spend that day, um, either taking, I either take it off or I do Bible study on it for the next week's sermon, find out what scriptures I want to use, things like that. Um, I, I had, I had a. Another pastor friend of mine who said, "You know, take you know, if you're preaching every week, take Monday off. You know, don't don't do anything." Well,
1: a lot of people want you to take Monday off.
0: I can't. I, I it's one I of physically those, can't. I, I so. well, yeah. I mean, I, I just it's one of those things. Like I'll have like we'll be talking and I'll have an idea for a sermon message or something, and I get gung ho about it or whatever, and and then I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to get this... I want to see what's the the scriptural basis of it, you know? What's the... uh, um, What's the foundation, biblically? And so... I'll do the Bible study and kind of look... You know, kind of read scripture, find out what I want to use. And then, Tuesday... um, I kind of handle... Thank, well, and also on Monday, I record um, the Monday moment with Pastor Matt. Um, that was actually, and it sound, it's exactly what Glenn does, the one-on-one, but mine's on Monday. Um, kind of gives people a chance to sl- leave, sleep on what we, we, we talked about on Sunday, and um, look how we apply it going forward. And, uh, it, 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 I'll be honest, last week, I, it, for some reason, Facebook messed up, and I had it set to upload, and it did not upload until Thursday. Um, yeah, and somebody commented on it, too. Like, isn't today Thursday? So I had to explain myself. But anyhow, um, so I recorded that on Monday, And then Tuesday, I kind of. That's the day I kind of take off a little bit. I kind of relax and breathe a little. Watch a little bit of. You know. Watch. Catch catch up on. um, Some shows and everything. Kind of enjoy myself a little bit. Um, And you know. And then Wednesday, I, I typically. Start kind of looking at. Okay, so this is. Here's the scriptural reference. Here's the premise. How do I, you know, what are all the links that I need to add to all what, add to the sermon to make it make sense? Where do yeah. I, where do I want to go with it?
1: You'll find your direction.
0: Yeah, um, and I'll write like little. You know, I try to keep a couple notepads in the truck because I'll think of something like a little bit or something I want to write into it. Um, and. I've actually gotten into a habit, I'll take a picture of it on my phone, so that way, if I forget to take it in that night, I still have it with me, and I can use it. Um, Thursday, I start kind of formatting a little bit, start writing a few sermon notes. Uh, Friday, I kind of finish up. Um, Saturday, I'm the exact same way as you. I... I... Everything's in the can, you know. I'm not gonna worry about it, um, and just kind of enjoy my my Saturday. Saturday night, I kind of kind of open it back up, look through, make sure there's nothing I forget, and then of course Sunday morning comes and it's it's the big show, you know. It's it's our the weekly deal. So I get up and um, get up, get into a little bit of prayer in the morning uh, that morning. And uh, talk, you know, kind of just ask for a blessing upon the day, and upon you know what I'm getting ready to say and everything, and then go give the sermon. Um, have of course we have uh, uh, Sunday school before, and then the the sermon, of course, and then we leave and. <coughs> Kind of relax a little bit, have lunch, and then, of course, you know, come over and record a, a podcast with a pretty cool cat I've come to know and respect quite a bit. Um, dare I say, become best friends with. And um, then, yeah, get ready to do it all over again. And then, of course, in that, you sprinkle in, um, on a given week, um, I'll have... Um, like this week I've got a I I have two meetings that are ministry related um tomorrow I've got a meeting um with a couple who are wanting to get married they're not affiliated with a church but they want a a pastor to to do it um so I'm meeting with them and Thursday I have Bible study um you know a couple weeks ago I had um you know, I've had funeral. Me- you know, I've had meetings to with the family about funerals. I've had meetings about uh, do. You know, and of course, I've had the funeral itself. I mean, it stacks up a lot quicker than you think. I mean, and then on top of all that, I've also have my regular life to live. You know, I've got a, I've got a farm to keep going. I've got lives. I've got cattle to keep alive. You know. Um, you know, I've got, I have a job, you know, I have a job at the school, driving a school bus. And, of course, during the summer now, I have a a job, you know, mowing the grounds, uh, which is fun, let me tell you. But, Absolutely. you know, and, of course, Saturday mornings, I work at Stockyards as an auctioneer, too. So, I mean, and then try to have a little bit of a family life on top of that and yeah, you know, it just
1: time ta- if your spouse works, that's magical.
0: Oh yeah. I mean it's it, it it's one of those things, I mean, you come home and you know you're you're exhausted every once in a while. like
1: Well and that that's been a big change probably the last two, three years. Mm-hmm. Has been I've had to learn To say no to things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because back 10 years ago, you know, started, my first appointment was 15 years ago. I was a youth pastor two years before that. So we're literally talking the better part of 20 years. Mm -hmm. I would do just about anything you asked. You need this person visited. You need this committee worked on. You need a wedding. You need a funeral. I'm your guy. I, I answered the phone. You got me. I would do it for you um that has changed significantly in the past two to three years and it's probably going to be the norm until i were you know die or retire because between school prepping a message putting all this stuff on the internet desperately trying to have a family you know you you have a child i i'm sure you and christy want to bless the world with more Um, Lauren and I have talked about, you know, trying to have kids. You know, at this point, I'd have to give up more stuff. Yeah. You can't just call... People just can't call me anymore. You know, I I have a relative um, who had a loss this week and was like, can you? And I'm like, really? No. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm terribly sorry. I can put you in touch with someone who will do you a great job. But unless it can be... And I don't want my schedule to dictate what you do. So um, I find it flattering. I really do that people think that highly of the job I've done, mm-hmm. that, you know, people I haven't, you know, there's been people this year I haven't talked to in 15 years, but I did a funeral or did a wedding or something, and they'll call me up, well, can you do so-and-so's funeral? And I've had to start saying no. Yeah. Unless it's in my church. And which is my responsibility. I am I am appointed here. That is my job. Yeah. I, I can't. I, t- I'm dealing with denominational issues. I'm trying to kickstart some programs. And, you know, the more you pile on, you know, I'm a full-time teacher now. Yeah. And I mean, you've... the more you try to pile on, I just, I'm 37, which is not that old. Despite what my ankle says, that is not that old. <laughs> And I don't want to age myself more because I feel like I've taken years off my life and abilities off my body by forcing myself to do all that stuff. You know, drive to seminary, uh, go work at the hospital, and then you have to go meet with somebody about wedding counseling. And then you have, and I've had people tell me, particularly with weddings, I know we you you seem to enjoy and are rather good at doing weddings. People like entrusting you with that. And that's great. I didn't like doing them to start with. Um, <laughs> I've had people tell me, well, I would love to have some more counseling. I'm like, can you live with them? Like, yeah. I'm like, you don't need counseling. <laughs> like, yeah, you all have three kids and have lived together for six years. You don't Yeah, need that's you that's, that's okay. pretty much done. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, uh, I'll I'll do the wedding for you. Yeah, but you know, I don't think people appreciate, and I don't know that pastors inherent on a pastoral position are that busy that you can't do those things, particularly within your own parish. Like, I would quit this job myself. If I couldn't find time to do somebody here's Yeah. If oh, absolutely. Might, yeah. I need to cut something out. Yeah. And if it's not important enough, I need to get away from it. Um, but when pastors have multiple jobs, which is happening more and more. Yep. You know, we're, we're by tri, quad, vocational. That adds up. Exactly. Exactly. I have a dream someday, um, I'm not sure what compelled me to share this, but um, that uh, because I have had a connection made for me, my mother, because my mother is not only saintly, but also in the family tree aspect of we get stuff done, Mm -hmm. (laughs) has put me in connection with someone who can give me personal sign language lessons. So my hope one day is to be either voluntarily or paid, I don't care which the head of some kind of major sign language ministry, because that's something that does not exist, particularly in the Indiana United Methodist Church, and I think that's wrong. So, I mean, I still have dreams and aspirations, but I like I like my schedule, and it's really hard as a pastor. You know, people don't think, you know, Well, we'll just call up, you know, Pastor Glenn's probably free. Pastor Matt's probably free, right? They're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you're out on the bush hog out at the elementary school, and you're like, hello? Hi, can you do seven funerals and be the clown at a carnival? No. No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what part of
1: my job, I mean,
0: I... I, I'll do
1: two funerals, and I'll be a scary clown. How about that? (laughs) I mean... It's... I'm going to do the funerals as a scary clown. Well, and what do you think about that? So, it
0: to your point, I mean, I remember I think I texted you cuz I was excited and it sounds morbid as I'll get out. I was excited to do
1: my first funeral this year. Oh. Well, it, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to reach people and um, unfortunately and I, and psychologically it would be a fun study you know I'm fixing to get a new therapist here because my other therapist quit taking insurance and I think he's gonna give up his practice but um, I don't really enjoy weddings or funerals and I think psychologically that would be a fun study because funerals I don't like because only funerals I feel like I've ever done were for people I cared about yeah I very rarely have done them in churches And, you know, the opportunity to do one for someone you've served in a church with, that's a fine, uh, (laughs) to, to do a funeral for someone you've actually served at a church with, that you know their heart, you know what was important to them, you've done missions projects with them, like, you know, Judy's still up there on, on the, uh, shelf up there, Judy, Mm -hmm. Judy Collins, um. Sweetly. people people will tell me that was a mo- I've had three or four people from that family tell me that they were dreading it but it was one of the most enjoyable experiences they've ever had because yeah. we talked good about her people knew about her you know it wasn't strangers talking about her no this, this was our gal yeah and I found that to be true in a lot of funerals for people who I've served with it's difficult but at the same time, you don't have to go hunting. No. You know what you're going to preach about. Yeah. A lot of times they will have already told you or written down what they would like for you to <laughs> do. Um, but particularly early on in my career, I did so many funerals for people that I legitimately cared about but had never served with. Mm-hmm. That It really put a sour taste in my mouth. Sure. That, I mean, the only the only flower that I can stand, remotely stand the smell of is lilacs. Mm-hmm. And, I, and because I've never smelled a lilac in a funeral home. And I went and picked up yellow tulips for Keset after her show in, in May. And Lindy made the comment, you okay? Because I kept like twitching. Tw- tulips make me sick to my stomach. Really? I, I just, I've I smelled it somewhere. And when it hits my nostrils, I just, I'm there. I'm in a funeral home. Yeah. Most flowers are like that. Mm-hmm. And the wedding thing, I've done s- <laughs> I've done so many weddings for unchurched people. I've just gotten used to just not being welcome. Yeah. Like, I'm there to officiate and sign the papers. That's, that's my only purpose. Mm-hmm. And I've been called names. I've been mistreated. Now, almost every time. I've also been asked to do funerals for a lot of people I didn't know. That's uncomfortable. That uh, just a little. I mean, Elijah McKnight, my dear Saintly Elijah McKnight, says he always likes those because he considers it a challenge. I just consider it, man. I didn't know him.
0: That's <laughs> and, a lot of um, legwork. I mean, um,
1: but on the wedding end, you know, you go in and everyone in the party is not excited to have a minister around except the person who asked you to do it. Yeah, and I mean. I've had people, you know, cuss me out, tell me how worthless they think to clergy are, and I'm just like, all right, glad I could help. <laughs> and and that, those suck. And I have not been asked to do a wedding in a while, and I will absolutely do your wedding if you're listening to this and you're thinking about asking me to do a wedding for you. <laughs> um but I'm getting just about to the point where I'm going to stop saying yes to those. Because I spent a lot of my life doing things that I really didn't want to do and that other people didn't want me to do and the only reason I was doing them was because I was the only person that could do it. Yeah. I've had a lot of those. It would, it would That would be an interesting case study too. But I do them. But it eats at you. You know, you... you it is true. I've been doing this about 19 more years than you have. Mm-hmm. And it It eats away at your bones after a while to just walk into a room where you're getting ready to talk about a dead guy, and you don't know anybody, not even them. Yeah. And when you walk into a room to join people in a union, and you're sitting there, and you know this is not a good situation. Yeah. But they didn't ask you to do that. And I will absolutely be your ward of the state if that's what you want. I have the authority to do it. I will absolutely do it. Yeah. But it gets more and more difficult year after year. You know, these are the kind of things that are going to drive me into teaching. You know, I had a conversation I'll bring up with you later with uh, my principal, who will remain nameless. I'm not, not ready to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where they got a ton of jobs posted at the school. I won't be honest with you. I walked up and looked at it. I can do some of those jobs. In correspondence with the job I am currently doing, it crosses your mind. Oh, yeah. You start thinking about things. and So all that to say <laughs> that um, we as pastors sometimes get too much put on our plate, but sometimes we put too much we... on our plate. And I... I'm ready to admit, I have been a victim of that in my life. You have to come into this being willing to say no.
0: It It's one of those things... What, the, the job uh, is
1: not to cut you off again. No, no, no. I'll shut up after this. No, absolutely I've, not. I've kind of come to realize how much of a better space I'm in now that I've kind of got the position in the colonies to tell people no. Yeah. And... You know, I'm doing a lot more mentoring work in the Methodist Church, which I love doing. One of my mentees got commissioned. That was a highlight
0: mm-hmm.
1: of annual conference, seeing them get commissioned. And, uh, you know, having them come up to you in tears and thank you and, you know, I don't I don't need that, but it's nice. Yeah. It's, all, it's affirmation. But I've kind of been my own worst enemy with my schedule because I've needed to say no a lot more and I just haven't and I guess better late than never. It, it, it's one
0: of those, I mean, I, I agree with you. I I myself am. My whole big thing is, and it's not it's not really a, it's not really a, a problem with ministerial life as it is. But I mean, like the I I have three weddings this fall.
1: We're going to add up, baby.
0: Um, two are in early September, so I'm not worried about them. But there's one it's be
1: warm then. Yeah,
0: exactly. Be nice weather. One's October
1: 29th. You're flirting with it there. Yeah.
0: I mean it's one of those things
1: It snowed on Halloween a few times. Yes.
0: So. And well, and the other thing is too, I mean, I'm gonna be in the field about then. So it's one of those things I hope that I've got like a window
1: right there. It'd probably be nice if it did snow.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean it's one of those things I'm gonna cheat it a little bit. I don't have much to do, but it's enough. I'm hopefully I'm hopeful that I can kinda of cheat it a minute and it's one of those things like I might be gone for three hours, two hours, you know, to go do the ceremony and then pray over the meal and then jet.
1: Get yeah. it. Not DJing.
0: Um well and it used to, when I first started doing weddings, which I started doing weddings before I got into ministry. Um I shared this with you.
1: You can catch a license to it, um, and that is just fine.
0: Yeah, well, and it it was one of those deals. A friend of mine came up and said, "Man, we're not really affiliated with the church. Um, you know, we, we want to get married, but you know, we don't really know who to ask." And I said, "Well, let me do some research and see what would what would it take for me to do the wedding." Because they said, "If you could do it, we'd love to have you." You know. So you know, of course, I did the whole online. Um, ordination. I know that's a bad taste in some oh, people's mouth.
1: You're not committing to the Unitarian Church. You're fine. Well, yeah. But, uh... But I, I mean, mean, I'm not Jesus. I'm not going to judge you. But you better have a good explanation. Well, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, I mean, I, 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 I did it. And then, of course, I found out in the state of Indiana, did you know you don't have to be legally ordained to do ministry? To do, I, uh, I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't. But
1: there are states where that is not the case. No, you
0: got to be an ordained minister to do it.
1: In fact, I learned from our good friend, Emily Webster Heath, mm-hmm. that in South Carolina, you have to be affiliated with the church to get married.
0: Really? I didn't know that. That's
1: how old school they are.
0: Wow. Going back to the 1800s, let me tell you. Yeah. Um,
1: but so church membership goes up about every spring, about 3-4%, and then drops off again yeah. in the fall. So.
0: <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's one of those, I mean...
1: But I, like I said, well, and, and that's that's another thing I've had happen to me that's a bit annoying is um, when people will come to your church and take that time investment from you, they'll ask you to perform their ceremony. You go out of your way to do it, to do a good job. Um, sometimes you even do favors. Like I said, the DJ thing, I've done that um, a couple of times mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they're just gone. If you're planning to go to a church to get a minister to do your wedding and then you're not going to come anymore, just don't go. Yeah, exactly. Go get married at the courthouse. Yeah, that's because nothing in ministry outside of just people telling me in my face I suck, which three or four times, um, nothing hurts worse than doing somebody that favor and then they and just dropping, yeah, dropping the ball. It, it stings. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it doesn't go away. Well,
0: I mean, there's been since I took on the job at Strawn, I've done two weddings, I think now, and um, you know, it. They didn't. They did. Luckily, I should say luckily, but they didn't go through the whole dog and pony show of joining the church, becoming members, and all this stuff just to get me to do the ceremony, and then you know, dropping me like a bad habit, or the church but like a bad habit rather. Um. They have come to me, um, asking me to be the pat to be the one who does the, the ceremony. Um, it, I, I don't mind it, and I and I've mentioned a time or two. It's like, hey, you know, if you guys are looking for a church to go, because there there was a couple I just did their wedding for a while back. And they asked me, or they were talking about, man, I, I don't know, we used to go to this church, and then the pastor left, and um, which you know, the, you know the pastor we're talking about. Um, and I said, well, you know, I know it's a little bit of a drive, but I mean, my church would be glad to have you. Um, don't feel like you have to, like, commit to it or anything. Just come and see what we have to say. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you the truth, that hurts a little bit. Because you're basically just like you're playing the game, up until the point that I get the service done, and then I don't hear from you anymore. That sucks.
1: And that's why I've kind of adopted the word of a state thing. It's really to protect my own ego and my own heart. Is you want me to do your wedding, I'll do your wedding. Mm-hmm. But don't come to my church for six months. Tell me that you're just you just love our ministries and you want me to do it more than anything. Only for me to find out from talking to somebody else that you did that just to get me to do the wedding. I'll do your freaking wedding. Yeah. just ask me. Yeah,
0: to. It's not that big a deal.
1: That's why I'll be your ward of the state. I don't care. Yeah, but frankly, don't. I would love to be a guest at the wedding more. Yeah, than I <laughs> would be. Um, you know, because I went there with a couple of friends where, you know. It comes down to to like me, like they can't really get anybody else to do it, and I'm like, I really wanted to be a guest at yours, <laughs> like or be you know in the wedding party, and mm-hmm. um, I've we got creative, and I I walked in and got to be a part of the wedding party with one of them, and I was I was grateful for that, and I didn't mind doing that one. But there's been, you know when your friend's like, well, can you do it? And then they're like, well, we need one more groomsman. I'm like, well, you'd have one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> it's one of those, and I mean, so let me ask you this. I'm not to park on this subject, but I mean.
1: Oh, let's park on it because we got about five, ten minutes because um, we got tacos cooking.
0: So let me ask you this. So there's been, I've done a few weddings who the groom had asked me to do the ceremony and everything. And I was okay with that and good friends of, you know, good friends and everything, and, um, they had, you know, I would joke with them and everything, and all this, because we'd always joke before, and they said, man, I gotta have you at my bachelor party, that's just, that's, I, I got you know, all of this, and I don't hear anything more, and that comes to, like, two weeks before the ceremony, and I check, I always send, like, a text, so I check in, and everything, and, uh I said, "Do you guys want to meet one more time?" And they'll and the groom will say, "Yeah, we do. We can't do it. Um, we can't do it this week because it's my bachelor party. No, you know." And it made made a fairly guess I'm big. Not going. Now. Yeah, I mean, it made a kind of a fairly big deal of it and everything, but never. And I get it. There, there. You want. There has to be a little bit of, dis- I guess, a disconnect in yeah, you a sense. Yeah, you
1: didn't have to invite me. You didn't have no, to say anything.
0: No, I mean, but in my heart of hearts, I, I kind of, i kind of I'm like you, I've adopted the thing. It, if you weren't going to have me there, don't, don't mention it. Because I, don't, I don't need the lip service. No, I really it, don't. no. I'm fine. I, I mean, if you don't want me there, that's fine. I don't care. But if you... If you are asking me to, you know, if you're saying, hey, I'd love you to come and everything, I'll get you the details and all this stuff, and then, you know, you don't follow through with it or anything like that, I mean, I'm not going to stamp my foot and get all huffy and everything. I'm not going to do that or say, well, thanks for the invite or be a jerk. But, you know, I would rather you say nothing or mention it at all to me as opposed to feigning you know that you want me and you want me more involved than Oh, this
1: guy's cool we need him to do be a part of this and mm-hmm. like, no you don't
0: no it's it's one of those and uh, it's, and to tell you the
1: truth to going back to probably 25 26 we're talking 11 12 years ago I just started telling people no yeah like hey you want to come to the bachelor but I'm like no to everything else you were gonna ask hmm. and I have no interest I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if it's just a cookout down by the river. I don't care if we're going to watch a wrestling pay-per-view. I really kind of care if you're going to the strip club because I don't want to go. Exactly, yeah. I'm, I'm fine. You don't. I, I'm going to take it out of your hands. Yeah. I'm not going. So,
0: the, there's no reason. Yeah, there's no at reason. At this
1: point in my life, there's literally one wedding left that I would go to a bachelor party for. One. Really? That's it. I don't have nephews. Oh, well, yeah. So, I don't have nephews. I do have a godson or two. We'll see if I make it that long. Um, I doubt Wendy's going to want me at her bachelorette party. Uh, you, you, know? you don't know. <laughs> so, I, mean, I don't. Yeah. But you'd rather have Aunt Lauren, wouldn't you? I would. Oh, she'd be fun to have fun with. Oh, she would have um, a gun in the back just daring somebody. Oh, yeah. Out. Oh, yeah. Um, but, no, I got... I got um, how can I put this I got uh, duped one night because I didn't drive my car and twice in my entire life I got duped on not having my car there it will never happen again I drive Mm -hmm. oh we'll just share rides no I'll pay the 525 a gallon I'm driving myself (laughs) Um, I got duped into going to strip club once or twice and I know a lot of people are like what are you gay I mean yeah a little (laughs) <laughs> I'm just not interested. I, it's a fantasy world that I don't want to play in. Not interested. Mm-hmm. I have. Go, I have. One of the times I went in was with my brother, and he was greeted by four strippers as "Hi, Kyle," and I was like, "I shouldn't be here." <laughs> <laughs> like, so, um, but no, I usually the one, or once or twice, I would sit in the back and watch television, because they had the TV up there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I was watching a Notre Dame game one night, and (laughs) this chick came up behind me, and she's like, would you like a dance? And I was like, no, actually, I'm gay. Thanks. (laughs) And they left me alone. Oh, well, that worked. And, uh, a friend of mine kind of leaned over to her and said, well, don't be, don't be offended. He, he's, you know, got morals and he doesn't want to be here. Oh, okay. Okay. So I drank my Diet Coke and drove everybody home and agreed that I would always drive myself whenever they were around ever again. See that?
0: We don't have enough time to get into all that. that, Because my
1: question when we got there was, because I was going to sit in the car. mm -hmm. Hand God, I was going to sit in the car. And they were like, oh, come on, man. You're being a drag. I'm like, I don't want to be here. What part? I was thinking yeah. about walking home, but I was so far from home, it was going to take Lauren three hours to get there to get me anyway. So I just basically said, do they have a TV in there? And one of them looked in and was like, yeah. I was like, I'm going to watch that TV, and you're going to shut the frick up. I, said, I don't want to be here. Exactly. I don't care that there are breasts out. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. It. I'm not interested. So now, from now on, my answer is, you know what? I don't want to go, but I appreciate it. Yeah. It, it, it's I'm, too, I'm just too old to be a good time. You wouldn't want me there. That's kind <laughs> well, of, and of course, you
0: know, the couples I'm marrying now are younger than I am. So, I mean, that's that's always... A, trippy. Little, it's yeah. trippy. Yeah. It, it's It's a little, like the couple that I actually had a counseling session with last Saturday, this past Saturday, they're five, six years younger than me. So I mean there's a little bit of a disconnect there, you know. I I 23
1: 24 years old.
0: I mean. I mean babies. It's I made a few references that I remember from like way back when I was like 6 8 years old. Of course, you know, right over the head. Um but I mean it's I mean it's I'm realizing more and more that you know, I I just as a as a pastor, I just I, I can't hang anymore. I mean, I just, I can't, I mean...
1: And I think, I think there's, there's a healthy line and it gets skewed between can't, you know, hang out with people and don't want to. Yeah. Which... There's a part of your psyche that's just like, dude, I don't want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, well, I wouldn't be very fun. I just can't hang with you kids anymore. That's, that's your ego going, that sounds awful. I don't want to do that. (laughs)
0: Which that might we might have to park on that for the next time, um, you know. We've mentioned it on the show, but we really haven't dived into it too much. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I. Uh, and again, that's another thing that you would have to add to your schedule that you have to figure. I was just sitting here thinking, okay, if I do get invited to the bachelor party, do I go out? Because I know there's going to be drinking, and I know that they're going to. You know, it's a bunch of old farm, farm, it's a bunch of farm kids and farmers and everything. The only thing we do is drink and work ground, and, you know, that's just part of it.
1: Uh, <laughs> what we do is drink, farm, farm and drink.
0: There's corn where it shouldn't be. Um, but, I mean, it, you know, it, I was just sitting here thinking, like, do I do it on Friday night? Well, if I do it on Friday night, Saturday morning, I'm going to wake up. And I gotta go do a, do, a, do an auction. I gotta go to the stockyards. Do I do it on Saturday night? Well, as we've seen, I do it on Saturday night. I wake up Sunday morning, and I'm gonna be a little sweaty uh, in the pulpit that morning. So, but friends, I know if you call, if you have your pastor's cell phone number, and you call them and uh, they answer and everything, just please remember that <laughs> they have a life too. Um, we under, you know understand, yes, we know that we are to be there to help you guys, to work with you guys and everything. But on the flip side of the coin, also, you know, be a little bit be a little bit respectful about it. Don't don't just, you know, jump with both feet in, stamping on the you Just know.
1: because you have their number doesn't mean you're owed their time. Exactly. It's still their time.
0: Exactly. But well friends, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this show up. I know we're we've got tacos waiting, and then Lauren's tacos are oh, they are, I mean, you, I, I would dare say they could go up against any any uh, street taco that I have seen.
1: You know, I remember, she didn't cook tacos for me for, for years. Yeah. And I never had her tacos. And one night she's like, I want to make tacos. You want tacos? I was like, yeah, that sounds all right. She brought that taco in. I bit into that taco and I went, this might be the greatest taco I've ever had. Mm-hmm. And I told her that, and she said, well, it's a very simple recipe, and I said, you need to make more of it. <laughs> like, simple or not, this is the best dang taco I've ever had. And it still is. Yeah. By a wide margin. It's not it, that close.
0: It, isn't that it funny how your wife, like, like, my wife has, she's got two, three meals that she makes that are, I could literally sit there and eat it until I get sick. She made it, and I messed it messed me up, but... She makes this stuff, I think it's called Alabama cracked chicken. Oh, it's chicken breast, ranch um, powder,
1: au jus powder,
0: (laughs) a stick of butter, and peppercini juice, and a few peppercinis in it.
1: I would skip that, but I get it.
0: Adds a little bit of kick to it.
1: Oh, I imagine.
0: You put that in the crock pot, it simmers. You put that over a bed of rice.
1: Take my money, my
0: Oh, money. man, I said, honey, I don't think I could love you anymore. But every time you make this, that the nail in my heart that you have put goes a little bit deeper. Um, it's good, man. But it, it's one of those things. I ate it. I ate three bowls of it because we had that much. And I'll be honest, I had heartburn Sunday, Sunday evening.
1: It's the simple things are better, you know. Another thing that Lauren makes are just ex- exquisite. is hot dog casserole, and all it is is a chili meat, a hot dog, a tortilla, and some cheese. Really? Put it in my mouth and massage my throat.
0: Real? Ooh!
1: I don't even want to chew it. It's so good. I, I just mean, want to take the whole thing.
0: My wife's, my wife's chili is about that way. I she But she, okay, so it's, this sounds weird, but she makes chili like you normally would. The chili powder puts a little extra chili powder in there. But she uses Bush's baked beans. <whistles> so you get like a sweet heat kind of a thing. Oh, Stop my it. lord. It is beyond good. But, to wrap up, the Mexican, she makes fajitas. Cuts up the red and green bell peppers. She does all this in the crock pot because, you know, we work through the day. Oh, sure.
1: Hey, crock... Lauren used to drive an hour and a half both ways and I was in school in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. We know crock pot. Crock pots
0: Crock-pots are... Everybody dogs on them, dude. Yeah, I've had some of the best... Ma- Since we got married, I have had some of the most delicious meals out of
1: a crock pot. Molly's chicken was a favorite the first few years we were married. Really? Ooh. It's kind of a tangy red sauce chicken. Mm-hmm. But it's... The Chicken's still in quartered pieces and whatnot. Ooh, so it's got like a rotisserie thing, but it's got that sauce to it and it's not overdone and it's just fall off the bone. Ooh,
0: sounds good.
1: I yeah, mean, it, we, we don't eat that much anymore because we don't do a lot of crockpot
0: meals. Yeah, it's it's one Take of those. My money. She like on sa- Saturday, she'll say, I'm going to go to the grocery store. What do you want? And I said, well, What do you feel like baking? And she'll go through the list. And, of course, uh, on the list is a few of the greatest hits, you know. And I said, well, we can't really have the cracked chicken this week because we had it last week and all this. Why am I talking like this? I I know. As soon as I say it, I was like, you idiot. But anyhow, um, but the fajitas, you know what I actually do? I actually make it, put it in the tortilla, and then I put French dressing on top of it.
1: I've heard you mention that before.
0: Because it's an offshoot from when I was in elementary school and they had taco salad days. And, and one thing... the
1: French dressing off the salad and... Yeah. Well,
0: there you go. Well, actually, they served it on there. That was really? part. That was part of it, yeah.
1: Well, there you go. Taco mm-hmm. sauce be darned. We're it, some French dressing.
0: It, it, well, I put taco sauce on there, too. But I put the French dressing on there and it's, it takes me back to my
1: childhood. I'm so glad you could eat school meals, man. I was so sick most of the time eating school meals, I, I got food poisoning every time they served a pork fritter. Really? After, I, that's what ended my eating at the school my was, sophomore year. Really? I, I ate it and I was like, I shouldn't have done that. And yeah. Uh, my fifth period teacher was like, oh, ah, you'll be fine. You'll be mm-hmm. fine. By sixth period, I was puking my guts out and I was just like, this I'm ain't never good. eating here ever again. Yeah. This happens too much. And uh, I can eat. I mean,. I've I've got my belly and you know I li- I like to eat but I like to eat good food. <laughs> I don't I don't do well with crappy food.
0: I'm I'm kind of over the whole like midnight Taco Bell run kind of a deal.
1: McDonald, I can't do McDonald's I, any. T- breakfast sometimes. Yeah, uh, if I'm yeah. really in the mood for it, but. It's just easy to pull into the Waffle House and eat some of quality. Exactly! <laughs> so, <laughs> Which, that's kind of a stretch, the Waffle House and quality. I mean, but it's it's, it's cooked enough. fresh. It's, it's good enough.
0: Yeah, it's it's cooked fresh. I will say I don't, that. I
1: don't regret it three hours later. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burger King's gotten into that realm as far as their lunch food. The only thing I can eat there about is French toast sticks anymore. I mean, Really? Was, and they have the uh, flavored mixers, so, I mean. That's always a challenge. I'll get two things of French toast sticks and, like, two different mixed drinks. <laughs> but, I mean, I had I had two prime ribs this weekend from Roadhouse. Because I just didn't want to eat crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, Lauren's like, you want to get Roadhouse again? I'm like, yes.
0: Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, even now, though, you're going to spend almost as much money as you do at McDonald's as you would going to Roadhouse. I remember or... the first
1: time I spent more than $20 at McDonald's and I thought there was something wrong and I looked and realized no I just got the same stuff I yeah. usually get. Yeah.
0: They just raise the prices. Yeah. I mean that's kind of the point like dad and I will like we used to eat McDonald's a lot like during for lunch.
1: I don't know what they're making that crap with anymore but it's not the same.
0: It's it's, it's cheap. It's cheap. I mean it's it's to a point Dad and I, we'll, we've got a few haunts that we go to um, for lunch. But, I mean, McDonald's is like, if we're in the field and we need something quick, okay. But, at the same token, I can go up to Popeye's Chicken and get a chicken dinner for the same price. And I get a large sweet tea. And it's, dare I say, a little bit better than McDonald's. Do you have an ESK in the cab?
1: No. napkins to handle yourself when McDonald's haunts you.
0: Well... McDonald's doesn't really bother... I don't really have any that's issues good. like that. That's good.
1: There's a few out there. I had a friend of mine growing up whose dad couldn't get to Elwood and back to their house in Elwood. So they always had really? to this case. No,
0: that's... Now, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, and I'll, we'll wrap up on this. Um, there was a moment when I was a kid that we ate, we ate something for lunch. My one-stop at some greasy spoon... We stopped and ate it, and then Dad and I went out. We were gonna cut be bean- We were gonna start cutting beans that day. So Dad opened up the field and everything, and I'm in the truck with him or truck well, waiting on him, And because uh, we were just cutting it to see if we could get a sample and check see if it was dry. Well, we ate that, and about two hours later, I had a pain hit me. I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't make it after the house conveniently i was also wearing bibbed overalls that same day too Mm -hmm. so needless to say i look through the truck i'm like okay i figured out the mechanics you pull out the back straps you pull them up to the front and kind of you know tie them off hold on to the tailgate and all right that's gone but then what do you you know how do you finish up with do you remember the Indiana Auto and RV magazine that you used to get at the truck stops? I don't think like it's the much
1: time at truck stops you did? Okay, mind. never I mind. I know what you're talking about.
0: It's a free mag. For those of you who don't know, it's a free magazine. It's kind of like classified ads. And it's made out of like the same... It's like a softer material, thinner material than newspapers. It's about like a phone book. So, needless to say, we always like grab one every single week and... We had two or three of them in the truck, and two or three of them were not in the truck by the time I, you know, by the time Dad got back. Um, so, um, well, folks, now that you're thoroughly grossed out, well, thank you for tuning in for this show. It's always a fun one to do. Um, tune in next week. We're going to talk about I don't know what we're going to talk about. We'll talk about something. I think we got an idea for something. with
1: the Dan or Jim? Yeah. They start getting patriotic. Yeah, I guess we're Firework we stories or yeah. something. I've got some firework stories. We could probably do.
0: There's that. some good ones. Yeah. So um, we thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you've had fun. Um, however you found us, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Uh, currently under actually I look. Currently under review to get on Pandora. Actually.
1: My goodness. We are hitting the big time. you
0: thank know what? out there. Yeah, you know. I, we don't I, have a
1: subscribe button, do we?
0: We do not. Um, That's, good. That's good. I don't want one. Th- This is not a monetized show either. We have the option to do it, but we've chosen not to. Um, you know, yeah, it's just We part don't want to of...
1: charge you for our time. We, no. do, we do that on a weekly basis.
0: <laughs> <text. laughs> uh, yeah, so. I don't want to push your luck. No, no, no. So, we thank you for tuning in. How you found us? Um, Glenn, I'll let you take us out, as always.
1: Well, good night, Lindy and Kessid. I'll see you next week. We're going to have a blast. And um, we decided to stop being so negative and uh, focus on positives, so we found the farthest ahead on the planet city we could find. Good morning, Apia, Samoa, where the time is 2.05. Jim. There you
0: go. All right. Good night, everybody. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Ugh.